Would you pray with me before we open up God's word? Father, we love to express to you through song and giving and other parts of our worship service our gratitude for Jesus Christ and our love for you above all else. And now I pray that you would help us to be recipients of your word. I pray that you would help me to serve your people well and that your word would ring out clear and true. And that this Christmas, our celebration would be marked by your ministry to our hearts. And you know what each person in here needs. And your word is living and active, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. So I pray that it would do its work in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 12. We'll be in Mark chapter 12. Now, at first glance... Our passage this morning may seem like an odd choice for a Christmas worship service. I doubt you've heard this passage before during a Christmas service. But I think you'll see as we move through it that it's perfect. It's a perfect passage for this morning. We're moving through Mark every Sunday during Advent. And this is where we find ourselves in Mark chapter 12 beginning at verse 35. And to bring you up to speed, because I know not all of you have been with us for all these sermons... Jesus has been in Jerusalem, in the temple, and he's been going back and forth with the Jewish religious elite. And they've been asking him tricky questions, trying to make him look foolish in front of the crowds. So just sort of try to picture, it's probably kind of a festive atmosphere in their own ancient Jewish way, because it was at the time of Passover, so there were tons of, um, the word escaped me, uh, Tons of people had come from all over to Jerusalem for the Passover. So there were many, many people around in the temple courts. which was a great, big, expansive space. And there were crowds around Jesus. And then among the crowds, there were these little groups of religious scholars and leaders. And these were the ones who were trying to trick Jesus. So the religious scholars would ask him a tricky question. And the crowds would look and listen to them. And then Jesus would answer. And they would look and listen to Jesus. And then Jesus would silence the crowds. They would look and see that these uh, religious experts who were trying to trick Jesus were silenced one by one. And they were watching this debate go on. And that's what we've been reading about. But in our passage today, everything changes. Last Sunday, Jesus answered so wisely that it said nobody dared question him anymore. And so the crowds are there and they're wondering what's going to happen next. And they've, they see these uh, religious people who are rejecting Jesus sort of step back, disappear into the crowd. And now Jesus speaks, and for the first time in all these interactions, he asks a question. And he doesn't address his question to these religious scholars, but to the crowds, to what our passage will call the great throng, uh, the, the huge amount of just everyday common folks like you and me who were there. Jesus now asks a question, and we'll read the passage together, and we'll find out what it has to say to us during our Christmas worship service. So this is Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 35. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes, this was one of those groups of people who were challenging Jesus, how can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? 
David himself, in the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. Now, I guarantee none of this was on any of your Christmas cards you sent out. And we have to get into an ancient Jewish frame of mind to be able to understand what's going on here. First, he mentions the Christ. How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? We're used to the word Christ, Jesus Christ. Many people who grew up in church just sort of assume that that's Jesus' last name. Like, I'm Matt Broadway, he's Jesus Christ. But it's not a last name, it's a title. So it's more like I'm Pastor Matt, he's Jesus Christ. It's his title. Christ is a Greek word that's the same thing as the Hebrew word Messiah. So when you see Christ and Messiah, they're really pointing to the same idea, and it means anointed one. Now, I know that still doesn't really clarify it because we don't use anointing language. But in their culture, whenever someone became king, you would anoint him with oil. You would, you would use oil, and it was a symbolic way of representing that this person had been specially chosen and set apart by God for a special task. So the Christ was a special person chosen by God for a special task that the Jewish people had been looking for and waiting for for generations. So to the Jew, when they heard the term, the title Christ, they thought God's specially chosen king. It was full of anticipation and excitement. It's kind of the way you feel when there's a new president about to be sworn in, if it's somebody that you like and you hope You have all these hopes. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. They had all these hopes that when the Christ would come, when the anointed Messiah would come, everything was going to be better. Now, the most common phrase used to describe this coming Christ in the Old Testament is son of David. If you read through, that's what's used the most commonly to depict this Christ that they're waiting on. Now, you remember who David was. He was the shepherd boy who killed Goliath, the great giant, when all the armies of Israel were too afraid to do it. And then eventually he became king of Israel. Many would say the greatest human king Israel ever had. He was called a man after God's own heart. And God had made a covenant with David and said, through your lineage, your sons will come a king one day whose kingdom will be everlasting. And so the people were waiting for this son of David, this this man who would be born of David's lineage, who would be a great king like David was a great king. He would make Israel great again. They were looking, and they were waiting, and they were watching. Now the throng, this great crowd of people, were beginning to suspect that maybe Jesus was this great king. They were beginning to suspect maybe this Jesus is the Christ we've been waiting for, the Messiah, the anointed one. Remember when he entered into Jerusalem, the crowds were shouting and going crazy like he was a king, and they were shouting, Let's see, where is it? I took that out of my notes, apparently. So I don't remember what I was going to say there. They thought Jesus might be the Christ. And here he starts to talk about the Christ, but he doesn't address those rumors at all that he might be the Christ. Instead, he poses an academic question in order to embarrass the scribes. And the question is basically this. Okay, you're looking for the Christ. The scribes over here say that the Christ is going to be the son of David, of the lineage of David. Then how is it that David himself, in verse 36, in the Holy Spirit, declared, 
The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. This is a psalm that David had written about the Christ, the coming Messiah, and he calls him his Lord. And so Jesus' point is, how can he be David's son and David's Lord at the same time? Fathers don't call their sons Lord. You don't call your great, 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 etc., grandson, Lord. David calling him Lord implies that this Christ was going to be even greater than David. And David himself would owe him allegiance and authority. So his point is, the scribes had misunderstood the Christ. When they thought about the son of David, they remembered the golden age when Israel was great. And they didn't understand that the Christ was far more than that. They didn't understand that he would not just be a savior from Rome who had been oppressing the Jews, but that he would be a savior from Satan and sin and death. They didn't understand that he wouldn't just be a son of David, but that he would be the son of God. They didn't understand that he wasn't just going to be a great king, but he would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So the scribes who should have known misunderstood. And because they misunderstood who the Christ actually was, they couldn't see him, even though he was right in front of them. Now, what does any of this have to do with us at Christmas time? Think about it. What does this have to do with us at Christmas time? The scribes missed the Christ. Let's not do the same. Here are the scribes at Passover time, in the temple, in Jerusalem, looking at Jesus but missing him. Here we are at Christmas time in church, singing these songs, wearing these colors. Could we be missing him too? If the scribes could miss it, we could miss it. I've told you all before, I think about it every Christmas. My brother would always object to going to the church Christmas services because he said it's the same story every year. I know it. I don't need to hear it again. He didn't understand at that time, I don't think, that we are always veering away from Christ. There are so many forces in this world that are pulling you subtly away from Jesus Christ. Services like this, where we return to the fundamental truths of Jesus, serve as those rumble strips on the side of the road. If you start to veer off the road, you start to hear this awful racket where they have those rumble strips, and it reminds you, oh, I need to look at the road and get back on course. Maybe that's what this service is for you. Maybe you have veered off course from trusting and following the true Jesus Christ. And this is a reminder for you to get back and remember who he is, who you are, in light of who he is. Hebrews 2.1 says, We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. You're always either moving closer to Jesus Christ or further away. You're never standing still. So if you've been moving further away from the true Jesus Christ, this is an invitation to come back, to get back on track. We need to ask ourselves, when we look in the manger, you have manger scenes at your house. When you look in the manger, who do you see? 
Who is that person that that baby represents? Like the scribes, do you mistakenly see a false Christ of your own imagination? Maybe an American Christ born to make America great again. Maybe a moral Christ born to make people nice again. Maybe a mascot Christ born to represent our religion the way Sir Purr represents the Carolina Panthers. Maybe a bro Christ born to be your buddy. Like the scribes, we can easily misunderstand who Jesus is if we don't continually return to how he's revealed himself in his word. When you look in the manger, do you see the Christ who is the son of David, who is the Lord? who is the king of kings. If we get Christ wrong, we get Christianity wrong. The scribes getting the Christ wrong thought that Jesus was a threat to be eliminated. If we get the Christ wrong, we might expect Jesus to be our errand boy running around doing our bidding. We may expect him to serve our lesser wishes for prosperity and material wealth here and now. And we're destined for a life of frustration and confusion and possibly an eternity of damnation. But if we get the Christ right, we get Christianity right. We receive through him forgiveness of our sins, freedom from the sins that grab a hold of us and enslave us, reconciliation with God, an open relationship with God where we can pray to him and know that he hears us and he loves us like a father loves his son. And we can open up the word and hear from him. We get the way. Suddenly our life makes sense and we know how to live. We know what step to take next in light of what God's revealed. We get the truth. We get the life. So this Christmas, let's remember... That when Jesus was born, our Savior was born, our Lord was born, our King was born. Let's pray. Father, for each and every one of us in here, if we have strayed from Jesus Christ or have yet to believe in Him, I pray that through your Holy Spirit you would bring us back. Bring us to yourself through Jesus. Let us not get so swept up in the cultural trappings of a holiday that we miss the glory of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, our Lord. Let us worship him in spirit and in truth. Let us trust in him as our Savior. Let us follow him as our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.